BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Oh, hi, hello. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. And I'm here with a mini myth. It's been a while, mostly because I've had too much to say about all our recent subjects. But today, I just wanted to go beyond the Aeneid and try to dig into what else we know about the Queen of Carthage. And I'm preparing my live episode for Fan Expo next week. Please come. So this weekend is extra jam-packed with mythological wanderings on my part. Meaning a mini-myth is really what I need right now. And who doesn't want to know more about the woman who founded a whole city-slash-civilization? Mini-myth. Who let a woman found a city? Dido beyond the Aeneid. Last week, I told you about the history of Dido that is told in the Aeneid by Venus to Aeneas. But that is not all we know. It's just what Virgil wanted us to know. You might find today's episode differs slightly from what I told you last week. Again, that's because last week I was going off of the Aeneid, and now we're going beyond to other historical and mythological references to the queen. Dido, like Aeneas, is the mythological founder of Carthage, though we have no real proof that she existed. Certainly, though, the Carthaginians believed she did. 
And they believe she had quite the history, quite the origin story for how she finally arrived on the land that they named Carthage. Dido has another name, though. Her original name in Phoenicia was Alyssa, and the name Alyssa in Semitic languages suggests that she might have been associated with the gods, perhaps even a goddess herself. The name Dido was given to her by the Libyans later. It means wanderer. Like Aeneas when he founded what would become Rome, Dido and the people she brought with her to found Carthage were refugees. This is the case in so many stories, refugees being forced to flee their countries, going on to do great things, found great new civilizations. It's too bad that people like to forget that now. Dido's life begins in Tyre, the island port city of the Phoenicians, where Cadmus, the Greek hero who brought the Greeks the concept of an alphabet and who founded the Greek city of Thebes with the goddess Harmonia, was also from. He's my favorite. I will bring him up whenever possible. It's quite the mythological birthplace, but itself was a very real city in the ancient world, a major trading port with the Greeks and others in the Mediterranean. In Tyre, Dido is a princess whose ancestors have long ruled the city. Her father, the king, was named Belus, and he announces that it isn't Dido's younger brother, Pygmalion, who will rule Tyre after he's gone, but Dido, a woman alongside Pygmalion. Belus decides that his children will rule jointly. But this does not sit well with Pygmalion, who seems to take the first syllable of his name as a serious personality trait. Pygmalion is infuriated, far angrier than he rightly should be. They are siblings after all, and Dido is older, but she's a woman, so he's not having it. In time, Dido marries a very rich man, Sicaeus, who's also a priest. Because of this, he is powerful, so wealthy, and that power brings out a hatred within Pygmalion, a man already prone to shitty behavior. In fear of the power his sister would have while sharing the throne and married to this man, Pygmalion has Dido's husband, Sicaeus, killed. Once Pygmalion has had her husband killed, everything changes for Dido. She's smart. She knows that once Pygmalion has done this, it's only a matter of time before he has her killed too. She begins to plan how she'll escape from Tyr, and finding and coordinating with the others in the city who are no fans of Pygmalion. Dido has to be smart about this. She can't just jump on a ship and set sail. They need supplies. They need gold. So Dido sends a letter to her brother, telling him that her husband's death has affected her so much that she doesn't want to live in their house anymore, that she can't bear it. She tells Pygmalion that she wants to return to their family home where he lives now. She adds, to sweeten the deal for her brother, that she'll bring her husband's wealth with her when she returns. Pygmalion is sold. Preparations begin. In order to reach her family home, Dido must fill a ship with her belongings and, notably, her husband's gold. Pygmalion helps. He just wants the gold, so he's more than happy to lend some of his servants to help Dido bring her things to his home. 
Once Dido and her ship filled with everything she needs is out to sea and in full view of Pygmalion awaiting her return, she sets her plan into action. Dido has the servants throw overboard bags of sand that had been on the ship to wait it. They splash loudly, catching Pygmalion's attention. She knows he can hear her from the shore, and so with his rapt attention, she calls out to the skies above, calling out to her husband, praying to his memory, asking loudly that he accept these offerings of his very own wealth, that thing that caused his death. From where he stands on land, Pygmalion believes that Dido has just thrown overboard the wealth of Sicaeus, helped by the very servants he had sent from his own home. It's over for the servants. They know that even though they'd done no such thing, they'd never be able to return to Pygmalion. And so Dido gains even more followers and future residents of her new city. So, with Pygmalion furious and fuming from shore, but prevented from sending his own fleet to kill Dido by their own mother, Dido sails on. Their mother stopped him by telling him an omen heard by a priest, that he mustn't interfere with Dido. If he did, he would be punished worse than any other. It's his sister's destiny to found the richest city in the world. Once they've escaped Tyr, Dido and her fellow refugees first land on the island of Cyprus. There they meet a priest of Astart, another name for Ishtar, who you'll remember from the series on Gilgamesh. But in this case, she's ostensibly the goddess Venus. Another version names him as a priest of Jupiter, but also references Astart later. Regardless, Dido convinces this priest to come with them on their journey, that in the new city that they found, he could be the high priest. He's more than happy to, and also tells them that it just so happens that the Cypriots have a festival of the goddess taking place. It seems during this festival, the unmarried women have a special job to do. They're encouraged to moonlight as sex workers to make as much money as they can, which would then go into their dowries for their future husbands and would ensure a happy, faithful marriage. I kind of love this. They're just making some extra money and there's nothing shameful about it. It's practical even and means to result in a happier life later on. Way to go, Astart ladies. In any event, these women are noticed by some of the men traveling with Dido and they find themselves happily marrying off and bringing with them new wives, all of them carrying on their way to found this new city. With this idea comes a melding of societies, too, mixing of cultures, resulting in their new civilization, a melding of everything. Carthage represents so much that was later thought of as bad or wrong that they were bad people as a result. But truly, they were refugees seeking a better life and forming new blended families along the way. And so the ship continues on, sailing the Mediterranean, keeping to the coast of North Africa, waiting on the perfect piece of land to found a new home. Finally, they reach it, what will become Carthage, the perfect position of land for a powerful, wealthy city. 
When Dido and her fellow refugees reach shore, they meet with local people who'd been watching them. These people are welcoming, looking to barter with the new people that have landed nearby. They bring their king, Iarbas, who speaks with Dido. Of course, he's taken with her. She's beautiful and she's ruling over these people, guiding this ship. So when Dido asks Yarbus for a piece of land, just a little piece of land, where her and her people could rest for a while, he asks, how much land? She tells him she only wants enough to stretch an ox hide over. Yarbus laughs. Of course she can have that, it's almost nothing. Dido, though, is cunning as fuck. She instructs her people to cut the ox hide into the narrowest strips possible, like pieces of thread And together, they stretch the strips around the beach where they arrived, and even the nearby hill that becomes known as Oxhide Hill, named for the brilliant, sneaky way that Dido obtains all the land they could need. Iarbus, meanwhile, is entertained. He recognizes she outplayed him, and he isn't mad. A man confident in himself. It's shocking, really, given the typical stories we tell. He's outplayed by a woman, and he concedes, just happy to have new people to trade with. Historically, Carthage isn't the first Phoenician colony. They'd established quite a few along the Mediterranean coast, but it becomes by far the most powerful and important, for a time eclipsing even Phoenicia itself. Carthage was one of the most powerful forces in the region, both because of its strategic location and the skills of its people. It's known for its warfare, its ability to beat Rome. Carthage fought Rome endlessly. The Carthaginians were also known as the Punic people, and the Punic Wars are some of the most famous in Rome's history. Thank you all for listening. I do love that I got to tell this story today. Badass women in history and mythology. What a thrill. And again, don't you worry about what will happen to Dido. She definitely isn't one of the most tragic characters in mythology. No siree. (laughs) Next week, I'll be re-releasing an old episode. I haven't decided which yet, but stay tuned on my Twitter because I'm going to ask you guys what you want. This is because I'll be at Fan Expo. And frankly, I don't have time to prepare this episode, the Fan Expo live episode, and another one for the next week, and record it, and edit it, and oh lord, nope, I work every day. Such is life. I'll pick a good one that I think you'll all enjoy listening to again, but after that, well, I am thrilled to share a little personal bit. I'm taking a vacation from work, and in that time, I hope to be able to prepare a bunch of Patreon content, along with some deeper episodes that require more time than I normally have during my work week. I also hope to finalize my book and start sending it out to agents, something I've been wanting to do for an actual decade. Anyway, it requires me not having a day job to get all this stuff done. So just taking a little break, a little break to bring you better and so much more content, which I just honestly can't wait to do. Anyway, that's just me being excited about life things. But thank you for listening and maybe being excited with me. 
I really hope to see lots of you at Fan Expo this weekend. It's such a great opportunity to chat with whoever's able to make it. I'm actually kind of excited for this live show, even if I am still quite scared and quite anxious. <sighs> One thing, though, I've forgotten to mention is that I'll also be doing a contest where you can win some free books that were generously donated by the great people over at DK Publishing. They're all about mythology, and you can win them by just stopping by and hanging out with me. Plus, I get to be on panels talking about podcasting, which is just super cool because whoever thought that'd be a thing. Anyway, you're the best. Please rate, review, subscribe. You know the deal. I am Liv. I truly love this shit. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day.